Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today, I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host. Glad to be with you today. Have you ever yawned so big that you pulled a muscle in your jaw? I don't know if this ever happened to you, but this just happened to me. That hurt like a, you know what? Holy cow. Uh, I almost couldn't, I, my jaw was almost stuck open. I don't know if that's locked. It was literally a muscle right in the bottom of my, underneath my chin. And it just cramped up like a pulled hamstring. I didn't even know I had muscles under there. Anyways, uh, that hurt a lot. Took a while for that thing to, I had to delay the broadcast, delay the podcast. So that's kind of crazy. I don't know if you had like, I don't know, some kind of major presentation and whatnot. You're getting called out to the audience, called up to the stage and, and you've suddenly pulled, you've yawned right beforehand for some reason. You've pulled a muscle. Like, what do you do? I'm just thinking I've never, that has never been in my mind before going on stage to do a keynote presentation that, hey, you got to be careful, maybe stretch some jaw muscles so you're not, you know, pulling a muscle before you get up there. That's not even entered my mind, but maybe it needs to. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's part of my pre, pre-game routine now. Huh? All right. Well, see, I learn things new every day. Uh, okay. Uh, and I'm going to apologize ahead of time for coughing that I go through any coughing fits. I'm not going to stop the recording. If I do, I do. I'm dealing with this every end of the May in North Carolina. I love this state, but this is horrendous allergy season and mine tends to show up as a cough. It's asthma cough. And once I get going, I don't stop. And I've already, this is now take, I think four because I've broken into these coughing spits. So fits, whatever. So if I do, or I pull a jaw muscle, I'm just going to keep going. If you hear me suddenly get silent, you know, I pull the jaw muscle. If you hear me just coughing nonstop, you know what that is. So just bear with me and we'll get through it. This will be worthwhile because I think this is going to be a great episode. Um, and it ties into what I was just saying, actually about speaking engagements. Question I get a lot of times is how do you speak in front of big groups of people. How do you how do you speak? How do you get up on a stage in front of thousands of people and command the attention of an audience that's that big? How do you keep people engaged for an hour, an hour and a half, or sometimes two hours and and not have people lose interest? And I'm gonna give you the keys to this. And I really think this will help you. And I don't, I'm not speaking to you as a professional speaker that you're, if you want to become a professional, I'm not, I'm speaking to anybody who wants to be better at public speaking. And as a leader, I don't care if you're a formal leader and informal, your ability to speak in front of a group and a group could be two or three people with passion, conviction, and influence that, and, and being able to uh, attract 
uh, people and attract attention and captivate people. That's a skill. You can learn how to do that. So I'm going to go through some of the things that I know contribute into this. Now, I'm also going to tell you some of the things not to do. I'm going to tell you very specifically what not to do. I've seen this a zillion different times. I've seen people. I had a good buddy of mine. We'll mention, mention his name. He knows who I'm talking about. Years ago, was doing a best man speech, and he said, can I get some pointers from you? I said, sure, no problem. I said, just do two things. Just, I'll tell you a bunch of things to do. Just don't do two things. Do not do these two things. One, do not take notes up there. It's a best man speech. Memorize it. You know, Do whatever you got to do. Speak from the heart. Don't take notes. Don't read from cards. Secondly, no inside jokes. Nobody cares about your inside jokes. They don't understand it you'd lose the audience and what did he do he did both of those what the anyways it uh was not one of the best man best best man speeches i've seen to put it lightly yeah he knows who he is but i love you buddy you know that i love you um anyways uh any event so i'm going to tell you the things to do and these are really keys so Here's a couple of things, and I, I've seen, I remember seeing, a, 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 and we've all seen speakers and been part of experiences where we remember the person for years and years. One of the best speakers I had heard, I've heard many, many, many great speakers, from Anthony Robbins, who just captivates an audience. I mean, wow, Tony Robbins is just on top of the toppest the highest level pinnacle of public speakers. Uh, wow, what a guy can command an audience, keep people engaged for a long period of time. But not everybody's a Tony Robbins in terms of your energy, your animation, your storytelling, everything like that. So I'm going to give you some things you can actually implement. But I remember hearing a guy, he was actually a a pilot for a uh, uh, for the Blue Angels, which is the area of aeronautics. You've heard me t- tell Blue Angel stories, and that's who I got them from. Great uh, public speaker, great speaker, great professional speaker. I remember talking to him afterwards, and I'm like, "How? So how? I talked to our person in our company who had hired him, and they said he was forty thousand dollars for that hour. Which, if you know public uh, professional speakers, their ranges go from." 10 grand all the way up to a couple hundred grand sometimes for a really, you know, well-known famous figure, sometimes even more. It's crazy. So I remember talking to this guy afterwards. I'm like, so how many of these things do you do now? Here's the, you know, financial side of me, math capitalist, math, math guy. And I'm doing the numbers. And he said, well, I do probably about 70 speaking engagements a year, like 70. Wow. 40 grand a pop. That's like 3 million bucks. Holy macaroni. So anyways, uh, there's a lot of money, but realize that's a lot of impact. Think about how many audiences you're standing in front of. If you have a great message and you can really influence people in a positive way, you are really, there's no better place and way to do it than a stage in front of people. I can go on and on about my joys of keynote speaking. It is a thrill. I mean, it is a thrill. And most of you know it's used to scare the shit out of me. Uh, had panic attacks. Go back and listen to some of the early episodes where I talk about my panic attack that I had on stage one time. Absolutely horrible. Uh, but I've gotten over those. I've got past those. I, I love speaking in front of large groups. But I figured out along the way, what are the things that really draw an audience into you? And what are the things that really make your presentation, your words impactful? and long lasting. And I used to hire speakers for my meetings that I wanted to I put together a conference or a meeting for my company. I wanted I wanted to hire speakers that added a lot of value. 
And I was looking for somebody who was entertaining and memorable and also impactful. I was looking for that type of person. So there's a very specific set of skills that help. I sound like uh, uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, is that his name? Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, is that his name? Yeah. I have a specific set of skill. Oh, geez, that's horrible. I can't even do it with my allergies. Anyways, um, I will do that another time. Um, but I, uh, so any event, here's the things that you have to do. And this will, these are some small things that really make a big difference. One is think before you go up there, you've got to have the think, feel, do. Okay. When you're, this is the planning stages where you're going to say is what do I want this audience thinking after my presentation? How do I want them feeling? And what do I want them doing as a result of my presentation? As a result of what I'm saying, what do I want them thinking, feeling, doing? That itself will start to set the stage for you creating and saying the right things and creating the right messages. So that's point number one, the think, feel, do. Uh, I learned that years ago from Peter Velarde, great friend of mine, and that has served me extremely well. Okay. The second thing, now this is important when you get up there and by the way, before you even get up there, I mentioned this on a, an Instagram reel that I did recently that I always visualize somebody, one person, a few people coming up to me afterwards saying great positive things. I always do this. Now it's second nature to me, but I always think about this and I'm like, you know, I did presentation I remember and I visualized uh, a good buddy of mine Michael Kane coming up to me afterwards it was really weird because this was a weird I mean a huge audience 3,000 people and and I visualized him coming up to me afterwards and saying you crushed it dude awesome job and and I walked off the stage and in the back of the auditorium he was there and he gave me a big hug and said, you crushed it, man. It was un- unbelievable, freaky. And I can't tell you that I can tell you many, many times that has happened. The thing I visualized somebody saying something and they said it. Bottom line is what you start to think about impacts your performance, right? If I'm envisioning, envisioning that, it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. It puts me in the right mindset. Okay. I want to go out there on stage. I want to have fun. And I know I have fun when I'm confident. I really know my material. And when I have stories, okay, stories, 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 stories make the difference. There's nothing worse than a presenter that's going through facts and figures and concepts. And there's no stories. I get bored. I get really, really bored. I want to hear stories. What I will tell you is that's the one thing that really helps make me stand out is not, I mean, through my whole presentation, I probably on an average keynote, I got a, I got a feel, I got a, I counted this one time. It was something like 25 different stories that I told or anecdotes. That's a lot for one hour keynote. I mean, you think about that. That makes points more memorable. I mean, so think about the power of that. What I, what I always do when you when I start a keynote is I start with a powerful story. I don't even say anything. I go right up and I go, I they introduce me, I walk up to the stage and I start telling a story. I don't say, hey, it's great to be here. I really I literally go right into the story. And that's a great way to catch everybody's attention, right? They're almost not expecting that. So I start with a story. Try that. Don't say, well, thank you, Mary, for bringing me. Thank you, Bill, for bringing me. That's a great, love this resort, blah, 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 blah. 
uh, just go right into the story. Catch people off guard. That's what I do. And if it's a powerful story, it should be a story that sets the stage for the point or the theme that you're going to have through your presentation. It should be a story that you can go back to and reference back to a couple times during your presentation. So think about your opening story has got to be, it's kind of like the introduction to the book. Well, I pick up a book, the first couple of, literally the first two paragraphs, if they don't grab me, I'm going to put the book down. I'm going to move on to the next one. I have to get the first book. You know, I put out videos recently. It's interesting on Instagram and it tells you the analytics of it, tell you how long into the video people watch. You know, the average person, how long they watched my video, six seconds, six seconds, I felt bad about that until I talked about other people. They're like, yeah, it's a six second rule. You don't know that they people watch six seconds and then they stop. Most there's a huge drop off. So unless your video or your presentation grabs people instantly, they just move on to the next thing. So that actually helped me. I'm like, okay, well now I got to change my videos and everything like that. But bottom line is, uh, you've got to start with a story, start with a powerful story. Okay, that grabs people's attentions and they're thinking about it even after the presentation, but then use it to go back. It should make the point. Maybe it ties in with the title of your, of your keynote or the presentation you have. Okay. It's story can be short. It can be involving a personal situation. It can be involving something at work. It doesn't matter. There's no boundaries to it as long as it helps make the point or ties in with the theme of what you're going to be talking about. Okay, be creative. You can look online for different stories. You can make them up if you want to, but come up, borrow them from other people, whatever you want to do, but start with the story. That's a big, what I'll also say is end with a story. So if you think about, these are the bookmarks of your presentation, start and end with a story. Your last point, your closing remarks should be tying a story down. Leave with a story. People remember what they started hearing and what they finished hearing. Those are the beginning and the end. Powerful. Both of them powerful. Really big, powerful stories. My two best ones right at the beginning, right at the end. Okay. Aside from that, a couple of small things. Don't get fixated on slides. Don't make your presentation all about slides. People get distracted with that. Okay. I've seen great uh, keynotes with zero slides. I've seen some great ones with slides, but they don't get fixated on it. They use it to put up pictures or examples of stuff or some few points, but they don't get so bogged down because then the presentation becomes more about the slides than it does you. You are the essence of the presentation. Make it about that. You're delivering a message. You're not trying to draw people's attention away from you onto slides. I know people get scared and that's what they think. Hey, I'll feel better if I have people looking at slides instead of me. I get it. I've been there, but trust me, the vat, there's much better receptivity and, and people will feel better hearing your message, watching you than they will watching a screen. Okay. The other thing is make sure your eye contact is bouncing around. One, it relaxes you. If I'm fixated on one person, it makes me more tense, right? I'm now reading, overly reading that person's body language or, or their, uh, their facial expression, their nonverbal cues, move your, your eyes gradually around the room. And what's amazing is it's just like if you're walking by a painting of a, a person, you feel as though the eyes are following you. If an audience, somebody in the audience, you ask them, I've had people say this, they're like, I thought you were looking, you were looking just at me, right? Right at me. I wasn't. I had no idea even where they were sitting. 
but because I move my eyes around, it makes it feel like I'm connecting one-on-one. So the best presenters are those that really connect with their audience. It's impossible for you to connect if you're not making eye contact, or I will say it's extremely difficult. So just bounce your eyes around the room, left to right to right to left. I also move around a lot. I'm not very good. I don't sit by a podium. I hate that. Okay, do your best to move around. Not too much because then it will get distracting. And don't, if you have these ticks where you're kind of rocking back and forth, you know, this is where a video camera can help you pick some of the stuff up. Practice in front of other people. Videotape your presentations. Just pick up on those unique ticks that you say they're going to distract people from your message. They're going to start watching your tick. They're going to start you know, like listening to what you're saying. So if you have any of those things in your vocabulary, the us, the o's, the ums that keep coming out, make sure you figure that out and be aware of it and work really hard to eliminate it because I promise you nobody's going to want to listen to hear you and then start the tally of how many times you say uh and um. So we talked about that gesture. I'm a big believer gesture. Now the Italian in me, I cannot gesture. I cannot be animated. But I see people that are really not very animated and it becomes very boring. So think about just become free. Let your hands move naturally, not unnaturally, but let them make move naturally. Just just be loose and don't feel like you've got to keep (coughs) keep your hands in one spot Uh, the same way. Move your voice up and down, add tonality, change the volume, change the pitch, change when you're telling a story, start to go a little quiet. Most of you'll have a lavalier mic for some of the bigger presentations. So you can actually get really quiet. I heard one presenter started his meeting. He was a prisoner in war and he started the, the meeting with his voice. It was so low. It was down like this. But he was talking at this level right into the mic and it was so clear and it was relaxing. But I sound like I'm doing a sleep meditation audio right now. Maybe I should do that. Ah, close your eyes. Relax. Okay. All right. Back. Never mind. Boy, maybe I should do that, huh? One episode? That was kind of fun. Unless you're driving, that wouldn't have been good. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is change your tonality and your pitch and your volume, everything, right? That that grabs people's attention. Sometimes if I have, I've done this in different meetings, smaller groups. If people are not listening, I'll just stop talking. I won't even say anything. I'll just stand there. And it's amazing if they're watching their phones or whatever, or they're doing something like that, that makes people uncomfortable, Right, they all of a sudden look up. What just happened? What did I just miss? Okay, but speaking of the silent moment, there's such a powerful part of a presentation where you have the pregnant pause or that silent moment, okay, where you say something and you let it sit. They know how to use silence to your advantage, it really emphasizes a point. People need a minute to digest something, especially if it's a controversial point or a powerful point that you're making. Let it sit there. Don't just roll right past it and onto the next topic. It'll lose its essence. Last piece of feedback. Uh, Practice, 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 practice. That's the way you get great at this stuff. That's the way you get comfortable with this stuff. 
those are the keys. I mean, it's not more complicated than that. Part of it is the message, but so much of it is how you deliver it. And you can take a boring message and bring it to life. I'm telling you, when you think about stories, add them in as much as you can to make your points. Okay, I'm a big believer in trying to make a presentation actionable, and I do that, but I always add stories as examples. Hey, here's somebody that did this right or did this wrong, and here's what happened. Here's why it happened. Here was the disaster. Here was the success. People remember that. I've had people come up to me 10 years after something, and they're like, hey, I remember that story you told me about, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, I remember that. That was a long time ago. So take that for what it's worth. I hope that makes you a better presenter. I'm more than happy to go into more of this stuff. This is just kind of off the top of my head. Some of the things that I know contribute to a successful uh, presentation, speech, workshop, whatever you got to do. Keynote. doesn't matter if it's in front of two people or 2,000 or 5,000 or 100, whatever. This will help you captivate that audience. Okay, I'm here to help. So reach out to me. Okay, DM me, IM me, whatever, email me, text me, do whatever you want to do. Send a carrier pigeon. I'm here. Uh, In the meantime, like, share, subscribe, go down below, give a five-star review. I am always interested in your ideas for guests and topics. Uh, I do have a long list coming up from your suggestions. I greatly appreciate that. Keep them coming, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.